Hello everybody, welcome back to the Talent Managers podcast with Eva and Emmy. So I hope you've all had a really good week. I have not. No, I mean, <laughs> it's just been one of those weeks. I am tired. I put on my Instagram and I was really stressed. I needed help sending in recommendations for mm-hmm. stress. I literally went to the bank, used the ATM, and as I used the ATM, the power cut out in the bank. So then I went inside and had to wait for the power to come back onto the bank. And then after I withdrew my money with the teller, I walked out and left my bank card there. Like, it's just one of those weeks. That's not ideal. I'm trying to think how my week has been. It's kind of been very up and down. Because I haven't seen you since last Sunday. And it's now Thursday. So that's quite a long time for us. (laughs) It feels like I saw you yesterday, but at the same time, I feel like I haven't seen you in weeks. I know. So I just feel like we've had a very busy month. Like, we're at the end of October. Today is what, like the 27th, 28th? 27th. 27th. And I'm not being funny. See, since we were in London, I feel like we've been non-stop. We've had something on, like, every week. Well, I mean, we've had two to three events minimum every week. (laughs) Some in the same night. Like, tonight we have two tonight alone. And then another one tomorrow. tomorrow. And then we could have also had one on Sunday. Sat- we got invited to one on Saturday night as well, but we just found out. Oh, yeah, we got invited to one. We also got invited to a second one on, on Friday. Yeah. So two tomorrow, then one on Saturday, and then another one on Sunday. I think it's because it's Halloween weekend. Yeah, it's so busy. But also, like, because of the run-up to Christmas, mm-hmm. there's all the Christmas events coming up. I'm excited. So our calendar is full at least one to two events every week for the next five weeks. I know. Which is exciting. And I'm not being funny. I feel like... I know I need that right now. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it's good, but at the same time, it's also, like, stress. I love getting invited to events because I love networking and just seeing everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's always fun. Um, So I'm like, I'm complaining about all the events. (laughs) I need to not at all love them, but, oh, my goodness, I need a holiday. Like, I know people always say that the work that influencers do isn't real work. And, like, I totally get that in comparison to other jobs. But the amount of times that we are, like, fully fully booked here, there, and everywhere... Yeah. It is exhausting. <laughs> I think as well, because of... For us, it's, like... Because we work in the industry, not just being, like, an influencer as such. It's just... It is a lot. Like, it's... it's Because we go to these events, like, we're, and we, like, speak about work. It's yeah. not as if we're, like, chilling. Like, we're speaking about work all the time. Oh, yeah. So... I used to love when I used to go to these events, and it used to be, like, I'd get, like, a free meal and drink some date night out with Cammy, and it was, like, a fun night out. <laughs> Whereas, like, now it's still so much fun, and, like, yeah. I love the freebies, but yeah. it is it's definitely work. Yeah. Because I sure. think the last, the last event I was at, we were chatting about, like, this event that's coming up with Mm -hmm. the people who are running the event yeah and then also like at the same time planning business meetings to have about ongoing work and stuff and then while i'm there i'm like okay i I know i need to see x y and z yes do this and that like it's not like i can oh it's chill i'm I'm not even drinking at this event no you're gonna drive yeah taxi i can't decide if i'm gonna drink or not because because we have an event tomorrow yeah i'm gonna drink tomorrow i think right but like i'm not gonna drink drink Uh i'm gonna if i want to have a drink i can have a drink yeah but i honestly i don't even think i will i'll probably drive again tomorrow really yeah okay (laughs) who knows we'll see we'll update you next week but it's also when you're listening to this it will be halloween well if you're listening to on the day it's released it will be the 31st happy halloween happy halloween sorry but i turned on my living room lights the other night because i have fairy lights Mm -hmm. on my curtains and I was just like, I can't wait to put up my Christmas tree. When, it's not even Halloween yet. Well, when, now it is, but... When do you put up your Christmas decorations? Well, because Cammy's birthday is the 12th of November. Oh, yeah. 
he likes to have his birthday and enjoy it first and then then be christmas yeah so he said that the earliest we can put up our christmas tree is like the 30th of november which i'm like fair enough because i want i want it up before the first of december Uh uh-huh but i don't want it to be too prematurely okay yeah but i'm also the kind of person like after christmas i like to have the tree down yeah because then it makes me miss Christmas. christmas so i'd rather have it up like a month Mm-hmm. like four to six weeks before christmas yeah to enjoy it yeah and then take it down after in between like christmas and new year's when i had my flat last year the christmas tree was up mid-november yeah but like my family home we don't put the christmas tree up until like literally 10 days before christmas shut up no I but we do don't that. we haven't had a mass like a big christmas tree like a six foot christmas tree since 2019 because we've got Lola my cat Ah, she would jump up the tree so we haven't had a proper Christmas tree well I haven't had a real Christmas tree in god knows how long no neither because with moving so much as I did growing up we Mm -hmm. just ship our fake one Mm -hmm. but my parents I think they maybe had a real one Um, they've had a a few in their house Mm -hmm. since but mine is fake so I just get out the box and whip it up. I feel like when you're getting a real Christmas tree, it's a bit of a different situation. Yeah. And if you've got, like, cats and things like that, that's... See, that's the thing, because the needles that come off the tree are, like, if they go in cats and dogs' stomachs, I think that's really bad. Yeah. They can pierce their stomachs. We just got a fake one, and I think that that's why it's so easy for me to just Just shut shut up. up. I would love, like, a Christmas tree that is actually the size that we used to have, but Lola would actually jump up and, like, try and sit on it. Yeah. So maybe not. But anyway, that's enough Christmas talk until <laughs> we can start talking about Christmas next week. Yeah. When it will actually I love be. Christmas. Yeah. It's my favourite time of the year. I feel like you have quite a good birthday as well because it's like enough time between Christmas. No, I disagree. Do you think? I feel like my birthday is always quite like stressed and rushed because it's like that weird time of year where it would always be like back to school. Right. Like out of holiday mode. Yeah. But also like everyone's waiting for Halloween and like okay. October stuff. Uh-huh. So I feel like like my birthday goes by pretty quickly and like it's very quite forgettable right so whereas like ollie has the best birthday my mm-hmm. baby brother mm-hmm. because his birthday is the longest day of the year that is a really ideal so time to have a birthday that's like on his birthday that's when the sun's up oh, for the so most nice. amount of time yeah and then i think like it's around like the 21st december when it's like the sh- shortest day of the year mm-hmm. but it's equal distance between like yeah, birthday and Christmas yeah. so I'm like you only have to wait six months and you get presents but this, this I think we're the same though because your birthday's what three months before Christmas yeah yours is it's actually it's more two months but yeah because it's right at the start of March so it's like you have all of January all of February then it's my birthday so yeah we better get into the actual topic of today's vid- video <laughs> today's pod. podcast I always keep calling it a pod. I'm like, I don't even know if that's the official name for a pod. A podcast. <laughs> pod. Well, but yeah, yeah, we're going to be talking about rates today. Because yeah. we've been talking about this in the last few episodes, so keep talking mm-hmm. about when we do talk about the rates episode, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So here's the rates episode. That's what you've okay. all been waiting for, obviously. <laughs> but um, I think people will be quite interested. Oh my god, my voice. I mean, yeah, people like, we've spoken about like influencers making money and like how much they could possibly make, but. We've not been very specific, I don't think. Yeah, so this is going to be a bit more specific on if you're wanting to get started as an influencer yourself or wondering, like, how people make money in this industry, then that's what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. So... I think you should start. Yeah. 
I think you you should probably me kick it off, yeah, because I want to see what direction you go in. Yeah, so I was thinking like how to make money is sort of like the number one question uh-huh. because people are like, how how do you make money? YouTube's obviously the oldest platform, and yeah. people know that you can make money on the ads that pop up on videos. Mm-hmm. You can set up monetization with Google AdSense, uh-huh. um, and obviously your channel has to have like certain requirements, like four thousand watch hours and, and a thousand subscribers to like yeah. set up. But nowadays, like Instagram and TikTok and stuff have their own versions of platforms mm-hmm. like that. So you have the yeah. TikTok Creator Fund, and then Reels. Reels have a Creator Fund, but it's, really? it's not in the UK yet. Ah. So in America people can apply for it and make hundreds and thousands off of their reels if they get lots of views. Because some people, like, their views will randomly get, like, a million. Yeah, their and, reels will... and the thing is, they're getting paid pennies per view. And, yeah. Yeah. So there's different... Each platform has its own form of monetization, mm-hmm. but there's also flat fee sponsorships. Mm-hmm. So brands will pay you to sponsor their products. And then um, affiliate links, where, like, you can get paid per link click or if someone uses your discount code or your link mm-hmm. um what other ways are there um because like we'll, um, i'll go into all of them but i, th- I would I, say I they're think, the most common yeah. ways of how you make money mm-hmm. i think the number one way that people make money most commonly is through paid sponsorships yeah on any platform yeah that's probably how they will make most of their money unless they just so happen to get like loads of people watching yeah. their TikTok and they'll buy from TikTok shop because apparently, apparently, I mean, I always see people talking about TikTok shop, but I've never, I've never personally bought anything. Have you from, not? I've never, have you? Yes, and both times the wrong things came. Oh, god, <laughs> yeah, so I think basically we are more knowledgeable on other things. These, this is quite new, I would yeah. say. Um, so with TikTok shop you make like a video for example you could be like doing your everyday makeup and then there is a section where people can click on the links yep so it comes up and it's like because I've seen it pop up being like oh my god you need this top yeah and it pops up on the bottom like it's part of TikTok shop like Uh you can tap and buy it through TikTok yeah that is so then like if you use those links you get a percentage like a commission so that's basically an affiliate it's program. an affiliate program, yeah. Yeah, so we spoke about it in another episode about affiliate links because obviously there's... We we love the Amazon Influencer mm-hmm. program because you can sign up to be an Amazon associate and yeah. basically it gives you, like, your own Amazon storefront. You can add your favourite items and share mm-hmm. links and then every time that people buy anything from your links, you get a commission. Mm-hmm. There's also things like Arwen, which we spoke about I love before. Um, my favourite site to use with Awen is look fantastic that was my original kind of I started using Awen from look fantastic and I've made quite a lot of money even just from my friends using my discount code yeah I don't I don't post it on my Instagram as much as I should but like I made like quite a lot I love a good discount code I know like I have to admit there's been a few times where I've, I've I used to google like ASOS discount code uh-huh. or things like that and n- not being able to find anything that works. I know. Nowadays, I go on Instagram and I type in like super dry 10 or super yeah. dry discount code. Yeah. And then people's pictures will come up and be like, use my code, blah, blah, mm-hmm. for 10 to 15% off. Yeah. And I will use that. I don't yeah. even know this person, but I, I will know. use that. And because I, I love that Instagram has that search option now because mm-hmm. it makes finding things so much easier, but I will always try and find a discount on any order that I place. Yeah. So... 
things like that. On the Brand Ambassador app, you can make mm. your own discount code All right. for the stores that you're affiliated with. So you set okay. up, you apply to be like work with these brands. Uh-huh. Like Motel used to have a shop on there. Oh, yeah. Pop sockets, Fabletics, mm-hmm. um, burger phone cases. Okay, yeah ideal of sweden all that they're all on there so you apply to be a part of it Mm -hmm. that if they accept you then you can go in and just make your own code and it it could be like bb for brand ambassador me10 okay and for two weeks it gives everyone 10 percent off and then it tracks it through the app yeah so you can set up your own codes on websites like that you can set up links through like yeah and stuff like to know 21 buttons yeah or you brands directly can give you a code and set yeah. one up for you for you to use and then they'll pay you your commission through that yeah and then your commission is just set dependent on different things sometimes your commission is set based on how many sales mm-hmm. you're making if you make over i think look fantastic do it where it's like if you make between say a thousand and three thousand in profit and sales yeah then you'd get say i've literally thrown this number out of thin air with like nine percent commission or sometimes the commission's actually quite good because amazon's all right isn't it yeah like i mean when i first signed up to amazon i thought it was going to be nothing because when when brands are like oh it's gonna be like three percent or five percent i'm like i don't i don't know what that means yeah but then you don't really understand how many people are actually gonna be like clicking your mm-hmm. links more people will click on your links and use your discount codes than you think yeah because it can literally just be like friends or yeah. mutuals just seeing your posts and i've gone on and be like oh shoot like i've made like 100 quid this month from doing nothing i know and it's like a- i didn't even think yes. other months it's yeah. like oh you've made two pounds and uh-huh. i was like that's great because I still I haven't done anything like this is what I love I love setting up any of my talent with different streams of passive income mm-hmm. and if you don't know what passive income is it's basically any type of income or way you can monetize your platform without having to directly do work so for example if you set up a link and then just have that link in the description of your videos and you do nothing else other than that and that video goes viral, mm-hmm. people could be clicking on that link for years yeah. and you're making a profit. You're not having to film a new video each time for someone yeah. to click on the link. It's just sitting there. So that's you just like slowly building up profits in one way. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. I think like everyone should have multiple streams of income, 100%. especially as like a freelancer or self-employed. Yeah, I think it's really good that we make our talent aware of the whole affiliate passive income stream thing because a lot of agencies kind of don't really bother yeah if for example if they receive an email that's like this is just like an affiliate thing some some management would be like oh i'm not making any money from that yeah on the other hand some managements take money from people yeah when they make um money from like affiliate links which i just think is insane but anyway well it's like similar like on youtube you used to be signed with a network Mm -hmm. and they would take a percentage of your monetized ads so like fortune from some people yeah it's it was ridiculously insane like it's very much dying out now yeah yeah i would definitely say that like the main way of, of making money is through paid sponsorship Mm -hmm. ads and it's still the rate for it is still different for each platform but i actually have um because i am making my ultimate guide to being an influencer book which is actually very very good and it's not giving you (laughs) rubbish advice which i think you'll find a lot of other places 
will be. But I thought that what people are actually going to want to know is like a ballpark of how much pe- money people can actually make. Yeah. So from like under a thousand followers to mm-hmm. over 150,000 followers, I've uh-huh. got general guidelines of what I would say are like the average ballpark for rates. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Eva and I always say this well, rates are so varied and dependent mm-hmm. on brands because I've had brands let's say a creator their rate is at 400 pounds i've had a brand pay or offer a hundred pounds for a collab but Mm. also four and a half thousand yeah it's so varied yeah i think what like if for example if you're someone who's listening to this right now and if you work in the industry as like someone that works in like influencer marketing not as a manager i don't know how you're necessarily like trained through your company but i would always say like the best way for you to approach talent managers is to tell them exactly what you want the talent to do and then they'll come well I suppose that benefits us but yeah but it's also like it cuts out so much of like uh emails and work because the thing is because if a brand comes in like oh we want this Instagram post Uh it's like okay but if they actually want usage and Mm -hmm. whitelisting or they want to own the content itself, mm-hmm. or they, they want to boost it for a month, uh-huh. or, like, depending on what specifically the content is, because mm-hmm. they might mean an Instagram reel, or they might mean a carousel. These are all things you can upcharge. They're all mm-hmm. things that cost more. Mm-hmm. So some of the stuff that I just listed off, whitelisting is, like, when a brand will boost your post. So you post on Instagram, and then you add, like, a paid partnership with a brand they accept it so it says this is a paid partnership with yeah. so-and-so brand they can then go in and then on their end like put thousands of pounds behind that to be mm-hmm. boosted for a million people on instagram to see you yeah. on facebook and stuff and then brands can also want to use your content so have a copy of the content you've created and use it on their own platforms mm-hmm. or their websites exclusivity so they don't want you to work with any it doesn't even have to be competitors. They might not... You want working with any other brands yeah. for a certain amount of time. This is all stuff that you can pay for. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a, a good few resources out there that can help you figure out how much to pay. I would say, like, a general guideline. So for under 10K, for Instagram-wise, you could... For a grid post, you could charge anywhere. I mean, it depends on how many of you've got, like, under 1,000 yeah. followers or whatever. But, like, ballpark, you can charge... I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that anyone does work for anything less than a hundred pounds a grid post. No, and you could go up to over five hundred on average. Yeah. So like you could still be doing fifteen thousand pound. Yeah. Instagram deals as a creator under ten k. Yeah. But like I would say one to five hundred is the average for under ten k. Under ten k, and then for story sets, we I personally like I always I charge like fifty to seventy five percent. Right. of it mm-hmm. and for a story set this is three frames mm-hmm. so three individual frames mm-hmm. equals one set of stories because you usually yeah. need to post more than one story yeah so for example if your grid post is going to be 300 pounds the instagram stories would be 150 for a set and obviously that's negotiable some brands mm-hmm. will want two frames some brands want four frames like yeah it, it all varies. For a reel, always charge more for video content than mm-hmm. grid post. So if you're charging, for example, 300 for a grid post, you, I'd say like 500 for a reel. Yeah. I would always say go in higher than lower. 
Yes. Because you can always negotiate down. I've had so many people be like, they're scared of losing opportunities and mm-hmm. they just accept it. Never accept the first offer that comes to you. No. Always ask for more. Yeah. And if you say that your rate's going to be £400, go in at 500 and see. Yeah. What's the worst they're going to do? Say, no, sorry, we, we, we've got 400 But yeah. if you go in at 400 they might go, oh, sorry, we've only got 300 Yeah, exactly. It's all about learning to negotiate and I think the more that you do it the easier negotiating the becomes. amount of the amount of times I've gone back to brands brands have been like oh sorry that is we we can't make your budgets and I'm like okay so what is your budget yeah what's your highest fee like I've come back and been like so what can you do and they're like oh well actually we could do this if you could make that work yeah like I'm not they're not going oh sorry I can't make it work and that's the end of the conversation no and also don't be scared to follow up so oh, for example please follow up <laughs> I know so for example like, see if you're speaking to a brand and you're like okay yeah so a feed post for me would be £500 say and then mm-hmm. say like two days have passed mm-hmm. and it's just radio silence you know follow up and be like hi just you know kindly following up here just to let you know that I am open to negotiating here so let me know what your best fee here would be something like that a lot of people are scared to chase they don't want a brand to like get pissed off or annoyed with them but no when you're getting hundreds of emails a day, I know. you do have to get on it and chase. Yeah. So, like, I have emailed people three times in one week. I've emailed people every day until they reply. <laughs> and yeah. it, it's fine. And sometimes if I hit, reach out to a brand and I don't hear back, I'll follow up a week later. And sometimes yeah. they're just like, oh, sorry, I don't actually have anything right now. Yeah. Because instead of, like, just them taking two seconds of their time because mm-hmm. their time is very valuable mm-hmm. to go, no, sorry... They yeah. just won't email you at all. So it's better to always yeah. know. But also, yeah. if a brand says no, you can wait a couple of weeks to chase up again. It's yeah. not a no forever. It's just a no this at week. Current yeah. time, like, don't be like, oh my God, they've said no. They they don't want to ever work with me. Yeah. Like, that's not the case. A lot of the time, like, their budget's being spent elsewhere or their gifting capacity is full for the month. You know, all that kind of thing. So, so that was just under... 10k mm-hmm. i'd just say for like context for tiktok and youtube if you have under 10k on tiktok i would charge up to seven eight hundred pounds yeah. for tiktok anywhere from 200 to 700 uh, and then for youtube if you have around 10k for a video integration you could be making a, a 600 quid uh-huh. per video uh-huh. and that's for like a 30 to 90 second integration yeah, so not like, a dedicated video. Yeah, yeah, no, I would say don't ever do dedicated videos mm-hmm. be, unless, like, it's something that would perform really well on your channel. Like, yeah. you do hauls and stuff all the time. If you want to do a dedicated sponsor haul, yeah. do that. But a lot of the time, dedicated videos aren't worth it. Yeah. But you, that's okay. something... Because I've had brands come back and be like, we want a vlog, but we want the vlog to be sponsored by us and around productivity. So you could do a whole vlog in your yeah. normal style that's sponsored by them and to them that's full dedicated video. The other ones is, like, you can't show any other product that's not ours right yeah so it really depends but yeah. for around like 30k on instagram how much would you say because i would say like 30 to 50k mm-hmm. would be like 600 50. to a grand yeah yeah and then like over 100k is minimum 1500 starting out yeah i say minimum 1500 i mean like for 100k i personally wouldn't get any work that's under a thousand mm-hmm. with like 1500 being the average yeah i'd agree and then i think you can charge more for tiktoks 
because it's video content yeah so that i would say like instagram's the cheapest platform then tiktok Mm -hmm. then youtube but these are just like very vague general rates it's so hard to like tell someone how much to charge i remember when like the most experience that i got working as someone like reaching out for brands for brands was when um me and emmy kind of both did the same thing mm-hmm. for a tanning company so yeah. we were reaching out to talent and but these were talent that were like small micro influencers on instagram big youtubes and also like it was all over celebrities yeah full-on celebrities yeah so we really saw an insight into how much people can really make like i remember there was a set of youtubers that for it was literally like two story sets mm-hmm. and an integrated YouTube video integrated so it was just like a mention in yeah. a blog right and it was like a lot mm-hmm. it was like you're talking like 20 grand wow mm-hmm. see I, I remember a YouTuber who had over a million mm-hmm. and a Instagram with a couple hundred thousand was doing a YouTube feature mm-hmm. integration for 60 seconds uh-huh. plus an Instagram story set for 10 grand. But re- there was that Love Islander. All right, yeah. Whose agency, she had over 100k. Her agency were only asking for 300 quid. Remember that? Because I remember like a few weeks later in the press, she was coming out being like she's going back to her normal job because she can't like it's influencing is not all as it seems and i'm like yeah but that's you the agency you're with are giving you really really low rates because there were girls making three times the amount who had 10k Mm -hmm. in the same campaign do you know what i thought the most interesting thing was was that the brand itself didn't have a set rate per creator Mm -hmm. so they basically just gave me a list of 150 people to reach out to Mm -hmm. and like hand-picked talent and i reached out to everyone and got their a quote of their rates and it doesn't matter whatever the brand said it doesn't did not matter how many followers they had like if a brand came back for someone with 30k and was like we want 1500 pounds the brand that i was working for was like we'll do 1200 for that but then if someone who had a hundred thousand followers was like we want a thousand they're like we'll do 950 mm-hmm. like they would always negotiate down but mm-hmm. not look at their rates yeah they would go how much have they said yeah let's go a bit underneath that yeah so there was like people with 30k who were making more money than people with 100k Mm -hmm. and it did not matter to the brand they were just trying to stay within budget and they went out of these 150 people x amount is our budget these are the best creators that we want to work with and sort of rates what can we make work from where so it was always negotiating down from the rates that were sent Mm-hmm. But without even looking at, like, the follow accounts and stuff. Yeah. They're just like, we're tight on budget. Let's just make this... Yeah. Let's let's just make this work. Yeah, it was well, tiring. It was very exhausting. Time. Oh, my yeah. God, I've never t- hated spreadsheets so much in my life. <laughs> but that's another thing. Spreadsheets. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Write stuff down manually or use spreadsheets because you do need to declare your income. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, th- I think a lot of people are saying they don't have to do it until they make a certain amount, yeah. which is true. But, like, I've declared my income since 2015 when I was making under the threshold. And it's just mm-hmm. always good because when the tax man ends up coming along and wants to audit your account, you have a full record and books of documentations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So keep a hold of everything. I personally use Free Agent. I love Free Agent for all my invoicing and stuff. Right. You use I use zero. zero. So how, do you pay for that? So... This is just a little 
top tip and I feel like you've got a top tip as well because you mm-hmm. use that Free anyway agent. so I use Monzo Business mm-hmm. And with Monzo Business, you can get a certain amount of months of zero free. Ah. So you pay a £5 a month for Monzo Business. And then, so it's good if you're kind of like a starting... Well, you see, I have RBS Uh Business. It's free for two years. Yeah, that is good. And with um, a business RBS account, you You get get free agent free. I mean, the only reason that I use zero is because... because you've used it previously. Yeah, so both the agencies that I worked for prior to being self-employed... I used zero. So. See, I used free agent because my dad told me to use it because okay. that's what he used. Right. And I feel like once you start using a software, you just you just know it. Stick and, to it yeah. Uh, like, but I've only used free agent for a year, the last year or so. So that's right. like over five years that I did just using spreadsheets. Manual. Yeah. So basically, I would keep track of my monthly income on my bullet journal. Right. And then I moved over to spreadsheets. Uh-huh. But I would go, how? What are my payments? from sponsorships how much do I get paid from google ads Mm -hmm. for my youtube monetization how much am I getting paid in commission from amazon associates Mm -hmm. and I would individually like each month write down like 20 quid here 500 quid here 70 quid here and then have like a monthly total but then it like the tax month is in april so you for each year is april to april Mm -hmm. so i that's what my spreadsheets are set up for but i go in you can register for self self assessment anytime Mm -hmm. but once you've registered and your account is set up you have to give them your self-assessment for that tax year otherwise you will be fined Mm -hmm. so you can register Mm -hmm. and then it's basically a form and it's almost like a checkbox it's like do you (laughs) have businesses in outside of the uk do you claim any international thing? Are you mm-hmm. VAT exempt? It's just like yes or no. And then it's like, how much money did you make this year? So then you can be like, I made like £8,000 mm-hmm. this year. And then it will go, okay. Because you can put in, basically, if you have to buy like work equipment, laptops, yeah, expenses, tech. Yeah. If you have work expenses from like travel and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is like getting a bit more technical. Mm-hmm. But if you keep copies of your receipts for anything that you use for work base. Um, and it's like a work expense for example Mm -hmm. I have a work phone Mm -hmm. you can then expense that so then if if, for example if I'm like I made eight thousand pounds and I spent 500 on equipment yeah then it's like okay so your actual running profits are seven thousand five hundred yeah and then it would used to what it used to is it took my national insurance number Mm -hmm. from my part-time jobs and stuff Mm -hmm. because I would work a part-time job as well as my yeah freelance work and it combines them Right. So what it would do is go, oh, you're actually paying more tax in your job, you get a rebate. Or it would go, you're actually in a different tax bracket and we've adjusted it, Mm -hmm. so you owe us this. Right, okay. Or it's going, you still are under the threshold, Mm -hmm. you just have to pay your national insurance. Okay. So it's... It's a lot more simple than people think it is. Like, I've helped run people through it step by step. And it's literally almost like a yes or no tick Mm -hmm. check boxes. But you just have to have that full amount of, this is how much I've made from April to April for that tax year. Okay. And to do that, the easiest way to track it is month to month. On a spreadsheet or written down, whatever works best for you. Does free agent have, like, a section for you to put in your expenses? Yeah. I do that anyways because brands will sometimes ask you to keep track of your expenses Mm -hmm. because you can get it back on your invoice for example if a brand don't pay your train tickets Mm -hmm. to a location for a photo shoot they might say 
keep the expense receipt and add it to your invoice Mm -hmm. and they don't always ask for proof of it sometimes they will but Mm -hmm. I always keep copies of everything Mm -hmm. just in case because the tax man could go back three years and be like where's the proof of this I know so it's It's... always important to have a copy is there anything else you want to touch on or are we gonna have to go get ready for this event (laughs) I think we're gonna have to get ready for this event but I feel like we've touched upon a lot of things everything that I mean I just rambled on about taxes and stuff for ages I think some people like need that yeah but i would say like all the information is online and it's not as scary as you think it is and it's not as complicated as you think it is everything's a lot simpler than you think and there's a lot of applications to help you yeah so google and research but also follow me on instagram so you can see when my book comes out it's gonna come out soon i'm finishing it up it's it's right here but Mm -hmm. um it's gonna go into depth these kind of things but yeah we've given we've talked about the ways different ways you can make money the different types of income that you can have as a creator, mm-hmm. the different platforms, um, a ballpark of rates and sort of an, an idea of how brands work and respond mm-hmm. when it comes to negotiating payments, yeah. as well as taxes. Yeah. So I feel like that covers most, most things. things. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any questions, make sure you follow Talent Managers Podcast on Instagram because Eva always pops up boxes for questions and stuff you want to have. And we have some more chatty Q&A episodes coming up. So if you have any questions, definitely send send us a message or put them in the questions box, whatever you want to do. Yes, and we will be back very soon with guests as well. We said this every episode, (laughs) I think. But everyone is so busy. We've got three confirmed guests. Yes. It's just figuring out. I think when I think that we're gonna have a lot of guests like quite close together. Yeah, which I feel like that'll be a great season finale. Yeah, because we're getting close to Christmas. Ah, I know. Anyways, is this episode seven? I think so. Yeah, I know. We're halfway through the season. Well, I hope you all have a good Halloween. Yeah, enjoy. Eva and I are gonna go out to this event now. And yeah, so we'll speak to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.